Welcome back to Don't Call It A Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. We are halfway through Oathbringer. That's up to chapter 63. Stop at 63. I've got a warm-up, Dan. Mm -hmm. I actually, okay. I have, I'm going to start with one warm-up. I think that there's a chance that I've done this before, but I can't remember it. But I have, but if you tell me that you've heard this before, I have a backup. Okay. All right. Go for it. So let me start. No more sharing meals at restaurants. Oh, uh, this I've, might be a hot take. I've I'm never heard sure this before. And I think this is kind of a hot take because that sounds ridiculous. I, I like, okay, okay, okay. I don't think that my position is uh, like correct. I'm just sharing uh, mm. my preferences, which I think is potentially like uncommon. Yeah, this is an unpopular is, opinion for sure. Okay. And I and I and I'm recognizing that. I'm recognizing that the popular opinion is like you go out to a restaurant, you're like, "Oh, if you get some of that, I'll get some of this and we'll share." Yeah, That's be fine. nice. Be nice. I don't want to do that. Oh, hmm. Like you personally don't want to share your food with anyone else or you don't like it when anybody does it. Like you two see no, two no, people like, sharing food and you're like, fuck off. You each ordered your own <laughs> meal. Is that what you mean? If other people are doing it, it's fine. Oh, okay. All I don't right. want to do it. So if like, wait, if ever? I'm in like a group of people, if I'm in a group of people and everyone's like, hey, I'm going to order this. Uh, why don't you order that? And we'll like, it's No. I want to order what I want to order, and I want all of what I want to order. Okay. I actually think I agree with you in one specific circumstance. Okay. Because what you're saying, like, sometimes, like, I do like to share food, right? Okay. Sometimes I'll make the offer. It's like, yeah, a lot of the stuff on the menu sounds great. So you get the pasta, and I'll get the uh, salad or whatever this fancy salad and then we'll we'll share it you know something like mm-hmm. that although mm-hmm. something cooler than that imagine something that i said something cooler but right the situation where i don't want to do that especially in a group setting is if i see the menu and i'm like most of this looks okay this looks amazing i'm gonna get this and i'm excited about the one thing and then somebody else at the table is like you guys all want to share and like there's a kind of a quick implied like yeah 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 that sounds good if like one person Uh says yeah then like the whole table is sharing food at that point right i don't love that i hate that actually because i don't want to be the one person at the table who's like uh i'm not nope i'm out you guys can share (laughs) but i don't want to share with you all i'd like to have just my own thing thank you right it seems uncomfortable to do that i don't think i've ever done that before in my life and I yeah, feel... there's too much social pressure. Yeah, why? That's not fair. <laughs> I think that, I don't know. I mean, I also think that there's a little bit of like awkwardness when you're sharing food. Because it's mm. like, uh, I, I want most of this one. I don't really like that one, but I, I feel like mine is better. And But I feel like we need to like do halvesies especially if yours is better right like if you order yeah. let's say you order three dishes and the one you ordered is clearly the best one out of all of them like it seems right. 
only fair to share with everyone after you had this contract at the beginning that you're all sharing. But at the same time, you're like, yeah, but I did pick the best. So, well, it's and it's like, uh, and I knew that this was going to like, I, I could tell which one was going to be better. Okay. I will say I'm not talking about like giving people a taste. Oh, tastes are fine. Hey, can I try yours? Sure. Here's a spoonful. That's fine. Mm-hmm. perfectly fine for the most part yeah for the most part but once you're like entitled to an undefined portion of my meal then it's a little bit uncomfortable for me and i don't want to do it yes i totally agree the other issue with this that i think about a lot is my appetite is very different from a lot of people's yes. appetite like i can eat a lot of food and I want to eat a lot of food. And when I'm picking something on a menu, not every time, but sometimes I'm like, I want a lot. Like, I just want a <laughs> bunch to go in in here. And so does that mean I have to split that halfsies with you? Because, like, you might not even want all of it. And, like, right. then do you take it home? Like, how does that work? I don't, uh, I don't love it. I don't love it. I've... I feel like you're coming to my side of this. I totally am, actually. At first, I was like, I thought you were ridiculous. But now that we talk about this, <laughs> sharing food does kind of suck sometimes. Yeah. It kind of sucks. There are certain like types of restaurants that, sure, it's like, I've we've never had whatever kind of food. I don't know what's good. Let's get a few things. That's yes. fine. But if it's like, we're going out to like a sandwich joint and like you want an one sandwich and i want another one and we i don't know it's that's a bad example because no one shares at a sandwich joint but it's no i don't want to do it anymore <laughs> that's true no more like, sharing food. like if we're going to the olive garden i'm not sharing my my scampi with you okay right you're not of getting course. any of my scampi i know it's it looks great it's probably delicious dan dan knows the olive garden menu notable I don't actually. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I did Olive Garden, but Same. you're not getting any scampi. Okay, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, has this happened oh, to you well, recently? Okay, okay. Uh, I'm not gonna get into it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's fair also, enough. Okay, last thing. Last thing. It's just kind of logistically difficult. It's like this is my plate. You know right. I mean? Somebody. Somebody's got soup. Like we're, uh, we're spilling a little bit. I don't have a bowl. I don't no, have a where spoon. Where do I put my elbow now? It's tough. I'm going to have to just come over with a straw and slurp up half the soup. That's not fun for anybody. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So we're not sharing food anymore. Take notes, everyone. Yeah. I think um, restaurants should start enforcing this as well. You know? Because then it takes the pressure off of you to be like, sorry, it's just a policy that I have where I don't share food. Mm-hmm. But if mm-hmm. I know that a restaurant I go to is going to do that for me, if they're going to be like, hey, we're actually we can't bring out any extra plates because we don't really allow food sharing here. Sorry. It, oh. this, is, this is a good gimmick. Like, hey, sorry. Bringing out extra plates uses more water. We're climate conscious. Or yeah. like COVID. It's so easy right now. And you could just be like, ah, COVID. Sorry. You get you get one plate per Everybody person. Everybody gets one plate. Oh, I think that's I think that's fair. Plate spread COVID, okay. guys. <laughs> They don't. I don't. Okay, think. we go. We got. We gotta. We gotta get. We gotta get back to Oathbringer. I'm glad you agree with me though on that potentially unpopular opinion. 
Yeah, I think now that we've we've discussed it, I think I think I've come around. All right. Oathbringer, like I said, up to chapter 63. My notes on this are all over the place because I have no idea what order of things happened in because I actually read the entire section and then wrote down the notes. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Yeah, mine are pretty all over the place as well. Uh Okay. And like, yeah, a lot of stuff happened, but I feel like I feel like we can just kind of get into the the nitty-gritty. Uh, can I start with a little nitty-gritty here? Yes, please. Sigzil is talking to Kaladin. And this is where he gets mm-hmm. up on his moral high horse and is like, "Kaladin, some of the men are being not very good men, you know? They're doing bad things like drinking and one of them even sees a prostitute and i stopped right there when sigzel was like hey one of our fellows goes to see a prostitute i i immediately stopped and was like you're telling me hold on sigzel you're telling me in this group of rough and tumble former (laughs) slaves that like were about like we're on the edge of death constantly and like probably don't have a super strong ethic one way or the other it's more of just survival Mm -hmm. you're telling me that there is literally just one person out Mm. of the whole bridge crew that goes to see prostitutes when it's legal there are brothels all over the place like it's not like they're being persecuted and put in jail for seeing a prostitute it's perfectly legal it seems like and only one of these sigzel you're telling me just one of them is going to to enjoy that entertainment that seems like that seems like a low number i agree with you like comically low like either in my mind, it's one of two things. One, Sigzel has beef with this guy. And I don't remember mm-hmm. the person who it is. Uh, I don't remember if don't it was either. one of our main our main boys. But either Sigzel just has beef with him and he's like, ah, I got to figure out something to tell Cowden about this guy because uh, he sucks. He sucks. He doesn't wash out Maybe. his bowl properly after stew night. And I can't That's stand frustrating. that. It actually. is frustrating. But why are we... Why are we shaming him for visiting sex workers i sigzil okay the other alternative is that everybody else is also doing it they just don't really like talk about it to sigzil mm-hmm. and this guy is this very, guy like, this guy is actually uh, here hang on because now i'm on sigzil's side because this guy is so annoying <laughs> okay <laughs> tell us why everyone else does it but doesn't talk about it this guy comes up to sigzil every morning and gives him a play-by-play. And Sigzil is sick of it. What he does, he comes up to Sigzil and he's like, hey, smell my finger, dude. And Sigzil's like, fuck off, you're disgusting. I'm telling Kaladin. I think that's it. Because you're right, the number's too low. One, the number is one. There's no way the number is one, Sigzil. Come on. Wake up. Wake up, buddy. Wake up yeah i uh, i also i did appreciate this section though where sigzil is like being a little tattletale to cowden and cowden is like hey Mm -hmm. maybe chill about this like it's fine if you feel uncomfortable and you're welcome to tell people that but like maybe chill a little sigzil 
Yeah, yeah. Kaladin handled it surprisingly well. He, like his point about like you can tell people your like opinions, but you can't make them the opinions of Bridge Four. I think that was I think that was good. Mm-hmm. Kaladin's I think in general doing pretty well for Bridge Four. We get a lot of Bridge Four this this section. Yes, which I I was very into, which is not surprising. Yes. Um, I don't have a, well, this might be a transition. Rinnerin? Uh-huh. I want to just say I would die for Rinnerin. Whoa. Okay? Because he's awesome. However. Okay. All right. I feel like I'm being manipulated Ooh. into liking and, and like wanting Rinnerin to succeed. Do you know what I mean? I'm very like skeptical. Skeptical is not the right word. I'm very suspicious of when authors make a character like super intentionally likable by their readers. Because they're relating to their readers because Renarin is somebody who is like a book reader boy. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've talked about this extensively in previous episodes. (laughs) I agree with you. Like (laughs) Renarin doesn't have that many redeeming qualities, frankly. Like he's, he like wants to fit in and he's like a kind and brave person. And yes, those are very good, but he's not like, we don't know a lot about Renarin aside from the fact that he's kind of bookish and nerdy and weird. And right. like, that seems like a lot for us to be like, we love Renarin. Like Renarin is our <laughs> ride or die. I agree with you. I'm like also team Renarin. And yeah, I think it's because it's just, it's just us reading this book right now. Like we're Renarin. Right, right. <laughs> Like a character that's like in a war environment that doesn't quite fit in, that likes to read books and wants to be in the sciencey stuff. Yeah, uh, and is like a little shy. It's, I love it. Yeah, but I feel like I'm being led to love it. You know what I mean? I agree too, especially considering the fact that there's something suspicious going on with Renarin. Oh. And Luke, Luke probably can't say anything about this, but we haven't seen his spren yet. Maybe he's got a bad spren. You're so anti-spren. No, I'm just saying, we uh. haven't seen his spren. Yasna okay. keeps looking for it. They're all looking for it. Like, where's this kid's spren? I don't see it anywhere. They've yet to see it, which so, means uh, well, okay. it's probably not good. Okay, what's... Like, what's the benefit of the sprint not being seen? Renarin's sprint, you, know you mean? mean? Yeah. Like, why is it hiding? Like, it's for your theory to be a thing. Uh-huh, yeah. Why would it be hiding? Because they already know what type of sprint it is, right? They know, They think they know. We're, they've made a okay, lot of well, assumptions. It's, either, it's, it's one of two. Because they know what Renarin's power is. Yeah, but, okay, okay, okay. They know what Renarin's power is. They're assuming the only way you get powers is with a particular kind of spren. Okay. I'm saying one of those assumptions might be wrong. I'm okay. saying maybe Renarin's got a void spren, and it's like the anti one or something. I don't know. I don't know. He's got a weird spren. I, I guarantee. I love it. This is a Dan guarantee. His spren is weird in some way. That's why none of them can see it. Okay. And it's going to be revealed later, probably in this book, maybe soon. Because apparently, 
I said Yasna was going to show up at the end and like fix everything. And then she shows up next chapter last episode. So <laughs> yeah, that was last week was rough because we stopped one chapter before Yasna sh- shows up, which is also one chapter before the end of like part two. So that would have been a better way to stop after, after the next chapter. But here we are. Dan's Dan's thrown out another negative sprint theory. I love that. Uh, okay, and I know. Okay, I know we've been talking. I, I've talked a lot of mad smack about the spren, and I will say, I still think they're bad. I still, I still don't love them, and okay. I think they're tyrants. Okay, but we now are learning about the void spren. Mm-hmm. And we're told that the Void Spren are like the souls of Parshendi who refuse to like pass on. Mm-hmm. And they are like coming back and they occupy current Parshendi and like take over their bodies and they're the forged or the fused. They're fused. the fused. Mm-hmm. I feel like. We, there's a solution to this problem. Okay. Why can't we just make a really cool fabriel for the void spread? That like co- that collects them. You mean? Yeah. Well, okay. That not that collects them because that that gets into a different theory that I want to I want to go down that rabbit hole here in a minute. But okay. a fabriel that's just cool. That's like a cool thing for them to do. Right, because the fabrials work by like trapping a spren and then using them to do some kind of work. What if we just uh-huh. made like a cool fabrial for them to play around in all day, and then problem solved? Okay, <laughs> okay. Like we're we're so worried about them jumping back into a parshendi. What if instead we built like a like a fighting robot or something mm. for them to pilot? Right, and they could fight. They could fight. (laughs) All right. Well, (laughs) we'd have to tweak it a little bit. Right. It becomes a sport, right? We just have two of them get in big robots and fight, and we're just so excited about the big robot fights that happen now. Okay. Okay. I I think that this is I I like the idea. I think that this requires a little bit of a little bit of. reconnaissance work Mm, okay because we've got to figure out their hobbies you know what i mean like i can't just hobbies yeah i can't just guess what they're gonna enjoy well we could i mean we sir sure we we definitely we definitely could guess but not i don't know if we could successfully you think like making making puka shell necklaces um I don't know. I mean, they already have like shells around their entire body. Painting Kremlin shells. You know, have you ever seen those hermit crab shells that people paint by the beach and then you can buy one and take it home? I have. I have. Maybe they're into painting Kremlin shells. They could be. It could be. I don't know how to make a fabriel that would really, uh, really do that. But I mean, they've got to be out there somewhere. <laughs> for sure um but this is a this is a good point because there's also so there's there's this meeting between all of our big players yes the the current radiance 
And it's it turns into kind of like Kaladin versus Yasna, where Kaladin's like, hey, we shouldn't slaughter everyone. And Yasna's like, yeah, we should. Um, right. It Because, like, okay, right. To, I'm being unfair to Yasna. Um, because they can't find a way to, like, stop the fuse from coming back. Right. Yeah. It seems like they, like, accept that too readily that the they accept the limitation back. of stopping them from coming back too readily i mean i agree with you they do accept it very readily but i think we're not yet at the stage where we can propose alternative solutions we just we have the two that we know are going to happen and so we're like figuring out the easiest possible answer right and the easiest one that yasna is like okay well, something we could do tomorrow we don't need to do any research for something we could do tomorrow is just decide to start killing all the parchment. Right. Whereas like other solutions feel like they're going to take a lot more research and study. Right. Which is why, like, I feel like that's Yasna's area though. It does seem, <laughs> it does seem very much like Yasna's area. Yeah. It also seems like she probably knows enough to maybe even start answering that question. I don't know. Because she's talked already to Ivory, her spren, and apparently she knows why the Knights Radiant gave up their deal. And, like, she right. seems to still be at the bleeding edge of things. Yasna frustrates me sometimes. We're off on a bit of a tangent. Yasna frustrates me sometimes because she's like, man, I feel like I'm 10 steps behind now and I used to be right at the edge. No, Yasna, you know, like, so much more than everybody still. It's just that there's three other people now that know almost 50% of what you right. know, right? Like Dalinor and right. Navani are now closer to your level. But like, that's <laughs> it. Like you still are so far ahead of literally everybody else. This, this section with, I, I think I also got a little bit annoyed with Yasna during this section. I think there's, there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, you're not going to share with me. <laughs> But that's because I'm, I kind of like Shalon mm. and I feel like I, I didn't, I didn't love, I didn't love Yasna's treating of Shalon. I don't know. I will say she's been kind of rude to Shalon. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Maybe it's her teaching style. It seems to have been sure. pretty effective so far for, for sure. Shalon. I mean, for literally no one else. <laughs> But the other reason that, we, that we've already talked about is, like, just, I feel like just killing all of the Parshendi is just, like, not an acceptable solution. It kind of feels like the Blackthorns solution to the problem, right? Right. Like, that that's a very brute force idea. There's no subtlety to it at all. Especially sure. when Kaladin, when Kaladin comes back and is like, "Hey, they're like, most of them, almost all of them, are very reasonable," and like, I kind of agree with them. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about joining, thoughts, it's like, everyone. Sure, like, sure, like murdering them all is the simplest. Oh, uh, Luke, but maybe okay. I just realized, maybe she has been developing this really cool Fabriel. That just like murders Parshendi super good. Like maybe she has done the research and she's just found the most effective, efficient way to wipe out Parshmen. 
Okay. And so she's like bending the world to this dream of using this machine. And she's like, hey, everybody, listen up. The Voidbringers are coming and they're Parshmen. So they're going to be evil. <laughs> Keep that in mind, everybody. They're going to be evil. And we got to get rid of them. Good news. <laughs> I've got the guillotine 3.0 back here. It's perfect for Parshendi. Oh, Been cooking man. this up for 30 years. So it's Who's perfect. the heretic now? It's so good. That could that could be it. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> I like that you're now giving giving Yasna sociopathic tendencies. No, that's Shalon for sure. The other thing about Yasna that's crazy, I'm gonna I'm gonna give another I'm gonna list another thing that is ridiculous about Yasna in this section. Okay, okay, okay. She is hating on the Storm Wardens in this section mm-hmm. because they're talking about recruiting Renarin. Um and the the explicit thing she says is I don't want him working with people who make predictions based on how smoke goes when candles are blown out. Which maybe they do that, but you know what else they do? Have like very accurate predictions about when the high storms are going to come through. So they're also like predicting real things. Yes, no. They're not it's not all bullshit. Okay? Right. And they're you're, using. You're saying math. she's not looking at results. No, she's not looking at results, and she's just seeing the worst in them. For I think mm. just I think out of jealousy. I think Yasna has a good amount of jealousy. Okay, okay. I think that that's a good point because okay, well, okay. Let's stipulate that. I feel like the storm wardens do stuff other than storms. Yes, I think they probably do. And just we just hear about storms. Right, because that's their hit. Right, <laughs> right. So, I mean, if, if like, they're, they're usually right about the storms, it seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, if they're doing candle smoke stuff on that, like, it works. Right. Well, Clearly. maybe. I think they're doing a bunch of math for the storms. Like, I think the storm prediction is so a too. bunch of math. Yes. And I, I think they might also have some, like, mystical elements where they're doing other stupid predictions that Yasna's talking about. Maybe. Either that or she's just completely ignorant of how Stormwinds do their thing. And is like, that seems wrong for Yasna. Like, it seems like she knows how they kind of do it. But I... Uh. Yeah. This was... I, I, this was just a rough section for Yasna, for me, I think. Here's the other... The other crazy thing about ya- Yasna in this section uh so dalinar meets god meets like one of the three gods Mm -hmm. and he's like very convinced that this is odium and odium is like a god how's yasna still an atheist at this point is she an well what's her like thing is she an atheist I feel like, yes. I feel like that's been the whole vibe of Yasna, is that there isn't a god. You think she's just anti-religious? I feel like she's almost agnostic. Okay, well then how could she be agnostic at this point? When Dalinar's like, oh yeah, I met God. I met God for sure. And there's another one. uh, And also there was one that got murdered. He's like, I met the bad one who killed the good one. 
And there's a third one who I actually specifically know who it is and have talked to also. Right, right, right. (laughs) And at this point, it feels like you're quibbling about what God is. Like, well, if it can be killed, it isn't God. It's like, okay, well, it's way more powerful than any of us. Like, way more. (laughs) Well, Well, okay, okay. I think that we need nuance in her position because I feel like her criticism is more of the church. That's fine. I think that's totally fair. But to deny that there is like, okay, here's what I'll say. I think she has been agnostic about gods. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's why she denies the church is because she's like, I don't know if there's a God out there. And like, it seems like, yeah, there is. (laughs) It definitely does. Very much so. It definitely does. And like, I I will say once you, let's, let's take the idea that she is like, not necessarily critical of the idea of there being a God, but it's more critical of just like the church and their practices. Yeah, sure. I feel like once you're like fairly certain that there are gods, you take like more of a direct interest. Right. And being like, hey, I know I've been critical of you guys before, but like, we actually got to figure this shit out because they're, that's like real. <laughs> right. Like, I feel like that's the, that's the time where you go to the church and you're like, Hey, sorry about all that stuff I said before. Uh, turns out right. these are real. I'd like all your literature, please. Right. These are real. I still think you guys are wrong about a few things, but let's work it out. Maybe even most things, but turns out this matters. So I'd like to start reading, please. Right. Right. Um but yeah, I'm still I'm still glad I'm still glad that, that Yasna's back. She's a she's a real asset. I'm I don't know how she knows so much still though. I guess she was in like Shadesmar for like a year. Mm-hmm. A long time it seems, yeah. Which maybe you learn a lot there. Well, she also we've found out has a spren and she's had a spren for a while. Right. And I imagine the spren is helping quite a bit. Right. For sure. Like. Yeah. Like Yasna's over here like, hmm, maybe the spren are aliens. And Ivory's like, actually, they're not. (laughs) We actually, we got to figure out how long Yasna's had a spren because I don't know. The, that she's known about because a lot of these folks have had spren attached to them early early right. in their lives and now it's like kind of coming out and there's been a lot of people that have had spren that were like murdered by the crazy herald yeah it sounded like the spren is old like she's known about the spren for a while mm-hmm. especially because her powers kind of manifested around the time that the king was killed that gavilar Mm. was killed because that was we got that flashback of the night he was assassinated where she like fell into shadesmar okay yeah and so like it's got to be around then when ivory started making their presence known right and they seem like they they seem to have a much more like equal partner relationship than any other, which which makes me assume that they've been together for a lot longer. Yeah, Ivory feels very aware of what's going on and like very knowledgeable, whereas like Sill mm-hmm. and Pattern don't feel like super 
like they don't feel like people really yet right yeah right the okay one other radiant that we haven't talked about very much yet dalinar i'm gonna critique dalinar for a moment here Ooh. kind of late in this section dalinar does his thing where he goes to the other city and he like figures out that he can like fuse rocks together yeah am i to believe that this is dalinar's first attempt using his new powers uh i think so yeah what are you talking about you're saying it's too good for a first attempt no no i'm saying how have you not tried it before well he didn't like, know hey okay okay he's every all of the like surges are defined or like written down oh that's true are they not? yeah he that's true so so yeah. so, so someone came up to dalinar or dalinar's like hey i heard i'm a bondsmith what does that mean someone was like oh you can like do these cool things and Dalinar was like, cool. And then just didn't do any of them. He was like, oh, what? I can stick stuff together. Yeah, I'll do that a couple times maybe. And the rock thing? Uh, I'll figure that out. <laughs> he hasn't really like, used much of his powers, to be fair. Like, that is... I understand it f- at first when they were, like, low on Stormlight. Yeah. But... You try you try to keep me from using my powers if I'm Dalinar. Especially when he's telling everybody know. to I'm go practice. I'm experimenting all the time. Yeah. Right. He's telling everybody to go practice. You're telling me he hasn't gone out in the practice yard with a couple of rocks and looked at what happened when he mushed them together? <laughs> Here, let me try and mush these things. Right. Um, it's very satisfying. Ooh. You ever seen the, you ever seen those videos of like very precisely cut things that go together? Very good. You're saying Dalinar's creating a bunch of those. Yeah. Hey guys, check this out. Ooh. I don't know if they'd love him there. No. Uh okay, okay. Maybe it wasn't his first try then. Okay. Maybe he did do some practicing and he was just like waiting for the right opportunity. He was doing kind of what Kaladin did. Like, you remember Mm -hmm. Kaladin, the first time they all found out he could fly, he like burst through the clouds and started fighting the assassin in white after saving Dalinar's life. Like that is an entrance for your powers. And so this is, this is Dalinar's entrance for his powers. He's like, he's like, Hey, I figured out how to mush two rocks together really good back home, but it's not that impressive. So I don't want to like, that i don't want that to be my big reveal and he sees this temple and he's like that's the one Mm -hmm. okay that's the one and then he goes up and does i think that that's fair because the because this context is a much better use like there's not a ton of broken things i think in our big tower city (laughs) erythru i'm not i mean i didn't want to try to say it but yes (laughs) The the alternative here is just he was bad at it until now. Like he tried it a few times and couldn't get it to work. I see. And so he's just, now figured it out. It took the right situation. Uh, I feel like he was just waiting for the right moment to show it off. Sure. Sure. Because it's very powerful. 
It's a very powerful scene. And when he calls his son in and he's like, hey, my son's good at healing people. Come on in, Renarin. I can't believe I didn't think of this sooner. And it's like, how did you not think of this sooner, Dalinar? <laughs> yeah, literally how? What are you talking about? It was like the first thing I thought of was like, oh, you've got a Healy boy. That would be really useful here. <laughs> Meanwhile, Teravingian is like, oh, I've got a bunch of surgeons I can call in. And Dalinar's over there like, oh, surgeons. Yeah, this would probably be helpful, huh? Nice. That's Wish nice. I could help. Yeah. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> oh. oh, Dalinar freaking dalinar can we talk about the heralds Mm -hmm. i want to talk about the heralds for kind of a bit here and we're gonna start getting into theories that luke might not be able to talk about which is gonna make it a short question but we'll see if we'll see if it if it's fruitful or not so okay first first so so well let me let me rhyme let me remind so i have read this book before I'm going to, let's do, well, okay, you, you, you'll you say your theories and I will I'm going to say my theories and pose know. some questions, and then we'll see where okay. the discussion goes first. So the story we hear of the Heralds is that they're like, hey, the Void Sprints suck. We've got to figure out a way to stop these guys from coming back. Let's all just go to hell and keep them there in hell with us. And then we'll trap them. Mm-hmm. And the deal they made was like, yeah, we'll like go into hell to keep the Void Spren from leaving. And we'll agree to that. And the Void Spren are immortal spirits of vengeance and malice. Why did the Heralds even think that that would work? Like, what the? What are you talking about that you're like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, how old am I? I'm like 60. Yeah, I think I could spend uh, an eternity holding off a demon from entering the world. Yeah, I could do that. Let's sign up, please. <laughs> yeah. What is what is that deal even? That's a bad deal. In the history of all <laughs> deals, I think that might be one of the worst. Right. Well, okay. Do they get like a a look into what it's going to be because I feel like if the, if, if someone comes up to them and offers them, Hey, like if you go to hell, they'll have to go to hell too. And yeah, (laughs) then maybe, but that's because I don't know that they can interact with me. Right. But like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think the deal is as long as you stay in hell, they'll stay in hell. They're already immortal. And so it feels like they already, like, know the deal. Right. And by they, I mean, like, the Voidspren are already immortal. So the Voidspren already know the deal. Me, a human, has no concept of immortality. Like, I don't know what that means to sit for thousands of years while Voidspren, like, bite my toenails off. Right. Right. Yeah, maybe they were, like, maybe they underestimated what hell would be like it's like, just an they, eternity <laughs> guys right, but they're like eh, it's like kind of an uncomfortable thing but i can just like take a nap you're saying they kind of like underest yeah they underestimated how bad it would be right they were like how yeah it can't be that i mean i've i've stepped i'm a pretty strong before. 
I'm, I'm pretty strong. I'm very good at fighting. So I think I could do it. The hubris, the hubris of these heralds to be like us alone. The 10 of us will go to hell forever to save everybody. And we can well, totally I do wonder, it. It doesn't seem like it, but it like there should have been, it, they should have recognized that this is a bandaid. Oh yeah. 100%. This is a bandaid for Where sure. Where they're like, Hey, we'll give you some time. Um, I'll, we'll try to stay in hell for, a, uh, what do you need? hundred years? Seems like enough. Then you'll figure it out, right? <laughs> Cut to thousands of years later. And I imagine, too, they're sitting in hell like, uh, how long has it been? Do we know? Does anybody know? Because when you're in pain, like things seem like they last a really long time. Right. right? So maybe they're sitting there and they're like, it's got to have been like a thousand years, right? They've got to have figured it out by this point. We can go back, right? Right, right. Here's the, here, like, what they should have done. There's, okay, there's 10 of them, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason that they have a bunch of them go in is so that they can, like, spread the pain Uh or whatever. Yes. You gotta have, like, one. Well, that's what they're doing now. No, 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 no. You gotta, there's one person, like, like, someone like Yasna, really smart, scientist-y, and they're like, okay, we can do nine we can share the burden on nine for a thousand years. You, Jessica, are really smart. You stay out, work on it, and I want it done. I want it on my desk in a thousand years. And like Jessica's got to come up with a solution. This is actually a great idea because it, yeah, the heralds are immortal. And so you mm-hmm. just get one of them that you're like, yeah, we'll all, <laughs> here's what they all do. They trick, they trick the almighty. They trick them and they're like, hey, yeah, yeah, we need 10 of us to do this ritual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. We'll all do it. We'll all do it. And secretly they're like, hey, Jessica, you're going to agree to it. And then you're going to be like, ah, psych. I'm going to do research for right. a thousand years. Right. And we'll just carry that burden. We'll do it. And then Jessica can found the, some super good university. She doesn't have to do it on her own. It doesn't have to be a secret. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, I feel like everybody would love it. She'd be like, hey, we're going to figure out how to stop the Voidbringers forever. And everyone would be like, yeah, that sounds great. Right. I'm hype about that. What happened to those other nine guys? (laughs) Yeah, because then it it also, like, if you set a deadline, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it gets done. It's easy. Because currently it's, like, eternity. It's, like... I don't even know. I mean, I'm going to break at some point, so might as well do it now. Whereas <laughs> if it's a thousand years, I could, maybe I could do it. Right. Like we're going to space at that point. Right. We'll just leave. We'll just be like, bye. Enjoy this crappy planet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they are just so hasty with their oath of eternity to stay in hell to keep the, the void bringers from coming back. It's wild. It was wild to me. And I think there's a lot of questions about the Heralds that are starting to be brought up. And there's a lot of parallels. And the vibe that I'm getting right now is the vibe I'm getting has a lot to do with like balance of power. Very like 1900s Europe balance of power where there's a lot of parallels between 
the spren and the void spren like they they just seem like the same thing but it's just like the opposite like it just seems like there's this whole group of spren that's like yeah just the other kinds of spren and like right they even have like similar powers exactly and like the fused honestly seem a lot like the heralds like the heralds are immortal Mm -hmm. beings that like come back every time there's a desolation the fused are immortal beings that come back every time there's a desolation like there's a lot of parallels here between these two seemingly desperate disparate sides and it feels to me like it feels kind of like we're coming to a revelation that's like yeah it turns out uh they're basically the same and there's not really a good and a bad they're just both like warring factions right Right, it's like two football teams. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's like, so, I mean, that's why we couldn't have any spren bonding to people because then the other spren would be wanting to bond to people and then, you know, it just escalates from there. Right. Although, like, if if the, the mechanism for the Voidbringers returning mm-hmm. that we've heard is true, then, like... There's no connection between bonding spring. This is this is the other thing that I have that I just like there has to be an explanation we're missing. And of course, there is information we're missing. But the Herald of Justice was going around murdering people who were bonding spring. The Herald of Justice knows how this works, right? The Herald of Justice is in the know. So there has to be a reason why. The spread bonding to people is very bad for the desolations to happen. Like, that has to be explicitly linked. It has to be. So, you, so you like you're 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 theorizing that the story we've been told is not the whole. Oh, well, I know it's one hundred percent not the whole story because pattern has recognized that it's not the whole story, and like everybody, sure. it, it's been acknowledged that this isn't the whole deal. Well, okay, so I will say we we do have knowledge that there are, like, the Knights Radiant were a thing even after the Desolations. Yes, that's true, but not for that long. Right, because of the... Because of the... The Recreants. Recreants. Or, yeah, yeah. And, and we don't know why they split up. Seems like... Based on what we're hearing, it might not have even been that internal conflict that we talked about last time. Right. Might be something else. Maybe the tyranny of the spren. <gasps> it could, could be the tyranny of the spren. Here's the other... Yasna already knows about. Here's the other theory that I have about the spren. Okay. So we learned from the Stormfather that some things just, like, exist to him beyond when they have like failed to be physical objects he talked about like seeing a vase when a va- mm. the vase had already broken like objects want to remain as the things that they were we also learn that the void spren are like souls of dead parshendi that don't want to leave mm-hmm. if if we want to like look at the parallels we've got regular spren and there are people that die that probably don't want to die. This is, again, coming back to the, like, dual nature of where it just feels like these are two sides of a coin. Where, like, maybe the Spren are just the souls of people who didn't want to die. Okay. Okay. 
Now, Could it be. does seem like they're way cooler than the Void Spread because they don't like completely absorb the body of a person they're bonding with. <laughs> right. They don't seem as bad in that way. I will say, I don't think that they've died and been tortured as much as the Void Sprint have. That's a fair point. Right, because I, like, we've heard a couple times about Sprint dying when the, like, Knights Radiant break their oaths. That's mm-hmm. once. Yeah. And it's, like, a whole big thing. Right. That's true. <laughs> the Void Sprinter have gone through, like, a thousand of these. Yeah, that's got to be rough. That's got to do a number on you. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. I'm liking this now. And Luke, see, this is the thing. Luke's already read it. He can't say anything about this. And I can tell. (laughs) And that's fine. You know what? Whatever. I want it on the record. Dan thinks the Spren are dead people ghosts. Okay. Okay. Because, yeah, there's, like, so much we don't know about the freaking Spren and the Heralds. We just... Stormfather, just tell us, please. Okay? You know. Yeah. Freaking tell us, Stormfather. We, yeah. Or Yasna, even. Yasna, you know. Just tell us. That's right. That's right. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move us on unless you have something else here. I just remembered another theory I want to I get on the books. Okay. Can, we, okay. can we add yeah. one more theory to the books? Toss, toss me another theory. I've been okay. First off, I want to say a uh, slam dunk on Erythru being a big Fabriel because Shalon and Renarin were both like, Yeah, this thing's a big Fabriel. And I was like, Yeah, it's a big Fabriel. Now we're going to take it a step further. What does the Fabriel do? You might ask. Well, we're moving away from spaceship. Uh, I think top guess is spaceship. Second oh, guess. See. Fabrials, we also learn, trap Spren inside them. Uh-huh. The Heralds trapped all the Void Spren with them in hell. Okay. It's got a, I, I imagine there's a physical place where this is happening. Ooh. I think it's Erythru. You think Erythru is hell? That's hell. That's where the Void Spren get trapped with the Heralds. Interesting. Interesting. There's there's ten I like heralds. Your, I like your I like your idea of like hell being a physical like thing that Sprinter. Yeah, it has to be somewhere in. on the earth. Like it's not just out in space or wherever. Like it's got to be a place. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's there. Okay. Then what does it do? Right, because Fabrials generally do something, Ooh. or is it just like a, or is it just a, uh, like a. Oh, you've got to use that power for something. You're not just going to trap the most powerful void spren with the right. heralds and then just let it sit there. It's not a, It's not right. going to be a nightlight or something. It's got to do something. Ooh. And does it have, like, does it have to be, like, does it have to have the vibe of hell? You know what I mean? Because mm. I feel like when you're trapping, when you're making, like, a heater. Yeah. yeah. I imagine the spren that you're trapping is, like, similar in some way to heating. Well, they're flame spren, yeah. Okay, yes. Huh. Ooh. Well, maybe that's why it's so far away from everybody. Is because they trap them in hell there, and then the screams of the heralds are just so loud. Everybody's like, ah, we can't. We got to send that up the mountain. We cannot do that down here. 
It could be. It is too loud, guys. Too, it's too much screaming. <laughs> too much weird, random, disembodied screaming. We appreciate everything you did for us, but get away from me, please. It is too loud. That's right. Okay. That okay. might be it. I love it. Um, yeah, Erythru is is also hell. It's basically a metaphor for nuclear power, I think. Okay, yeah. It's actually a missile aimed at Odium. It's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> okay, I'm bringing us to Kolinar. Yes. Where okay. we are at the end of this with our little strike team. Mm-hmm. My, my one note here, there's a lot going on, but my one note here is about the King Elokar. Mm-hmm. We keep getting little scenes of him being like, yeah, I know that I suck and I'm terrible at everything. That's why you have to help me. And it's always like, oh, oh, the king's like got some personal growth here. Uh, and I want to say, I think he's being too brutally honest to a fault. Ooh. Because like the first time he did this with Kaladin was very good. Agreed. Yeah. But he's been doing it like every single time we see him. And it's like, hey, buddy, like, you need to do this in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't have, like, an explicit, like, consequence. I just don't really love it. Like, I feel like he's getting a lot of credit for hating himself. <laughs> no, yeah, 100% that's what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I, and I feel like he's taking it too far. And I worry. It feels like he is shirking responsibility in a way by doing this Mm. like because he still wants to do certain things like he wants to be in seal team six saving the city Uh and at the at at the same time he gets there and he's like okay i i shouldn't make any of the decisions though you guys make all the decisions but we are gonna save my family that's for sure gonna happen okay yes i yeah for sure so i think the mission would for sure be better without him right right and that's, I, I don't know if that's really the point that I'm making, though. I agree with you, though, on this separate point, right? I agree with you on this separate point of, like, I think there just needs to be one acknowledgement of it. Like, early on, yeah. you need to be like, hey, I actually am kind of fucking up, and I'm probably not the best at this, and I'm sorry. And then, right. and then after that, it's like, you just do you just try and do better you don't have to constantly be like no i'm a fuck up i shouldn't i shouldn't do this yeah yeah you say it once like to yourself maybe to someone else but not necessarily and then but like if you're doing it every if you're saying it every time it's just like really uncomfortable right it's and it feels like you're using it as like a i don't know i don't love it it's also like you're not actually like if you want to change, just like do it. You don't have to suddenly be like, oh, I'm better now and I'm going to make the decisions. You can be like, hey, everybody, what do you think? And that the, yeah. you don't have to say the reason we're going with your option is because I'm a total idiot and there's no way I'll ever come up with the right answer. You can just be like, yeah, you know, that's a great idea. Let's let's do that. Right. Like the king <laughs> is supposed to like get the like input of his advisors and choose one of the options he doesn't have to like come up with 
the correct answer. So you could be like, hey, Callan, what do you think we should do? Shalon, what do you think we should do? Uh, those are both good options. Let's do whatever. Right. He is. He has reached the point of knowing he is fallible, right? He has reached the point where he's like, oh, I probably don't know what's best. But he has not progressed to the next stage that's like, how do I start incorporating other people's advice into also still making decisions and having a voice, right? Like, yes, he should still have a voice in this process because he he knows some things like you're not completely useless. Okay. And saying you are is annoying as hell saying you just can't do anything right. is like, okay, but you can do some things. So like, help us please. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah, he's super annoying here with this now. And again, I appreciate it because, like, the level of self-awareness is at least a little bit, you know? Right. You're a big self-awareness guy. I do like self-awareness, and I do appreciate that he's like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of a fuck-up. But you can't just keep saying that. Like, you get you say that maybe twice, and then we're annoyed at you, and we're like, nope, you got to move on from that. You got to <laughs> step it up, champ right right yeah uh, um, they're blaming a lot on this dark cloud that's seemingly come over and i'm curious to see i'm curious to see how much of it we can actually blame on the dark cloud and shallan has already mentioned this that like yeah it sounds like the queen just kind of fucked up a lot and then right and then now it's convenient to say oh the dark cloud did it dark cloud did it so we'll see. I'm very excited to see what happens when they actually bust in and find the queen. It is, it is very curious because there, like there is some weird stuff going on. A lot of mystery. A lot of mystery. Mm-hmm. Another mystery, Luke. So we learn, we learn that the Horn Eater Peak is like full of warm water. Mm-hmm. That's how it's like habitable. And there's this story that Rock tells about how it came to be. We also learn very subtly, Erythiru is warmer than the other peaks of the same altitude in the area. Mm-hmm. Did the spread love hot tubs? <laughs> I, I would assume so, are first a, off. Are we a big sauna culture? It does. See- so, okay. So you're basing this on, on the idea that the horn eaters are able to see the sprint as well. There's a special relationship between the sprint and the horn eaters. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And Erythru is like where the Knights Radiant chilled. It was like, and the Knights Radiant all had sprint with them. Right. So I will say the most comfy thing to me is like, being in a cold environment but still being warm cozy it's cozy you know what i mean yeah. like winter and i'm in, it's winter and i'm and i'm under a couple blankets Ooh, you got a fire going even if if i'm the same temperature as i am during summer the winter one is still much more comfortable agreed and so i i if i'm a spren then yeah i'm choosing i'm choosing this if this you know what I mean? Is this the point you're you're thinking of? I think so. Yeah. Is that that the sprinter specifically choosing these like kind of nice 
cozy places to be to be propagating and like maybe when they were trying to choose or they were going to put erythra this friend were like hey uh there's some hot springs on this mountain over here how about we do it there and granted right. we haven't seen any hot springs on erythra yet we just know that it's slightly warmer than the other peaks we don't know why okay but maybe this friend chose it for that reason I think so. I also have to wonder then if there are a few beachside resorts that maybe have a higher incidence of spren that are maybe a little bit breezier, a little bit cooler in the summer than the other than the surrounding beaches. You know what I mean? Are we doing a little spren okay. air conditioning? So, so are you thinking here that the spren are what's the word? Um, what's the word for people that leave? Oh, like snowbirds snowbirds yeah so we're, we're thinking the spren are snowbirds here's what i'm thinking the spren exist in the conceptual realm they're dealing with the uh-huh. ideas of things so when you present the idea of cozy to a spren yeah that's on a very cold mountain with a nice hot spring nearby and mm. if you present the idea of refreshing or relaxing yeah that's on a hot beach with a nice cool breeze and a cold drink in your hand like these are the ideals of the concepts that they're pursuing right and so they're right. going to find those places in the physical world that are that ideal of these concepts sure sure because because sprint are big vibes guys 100 percent they're all about the vibes, yeah. And so when you want to find a spren, a specific type of spren, mm-hmm. you're going for just like the stereotypical vibe of that. Exactly. Uh-huh. And so the spren have to have just like the best hang hang spots, you know? <laughs> right, because they can. They, yeah. yeah, they can go anywhere and they're going to find the conceptual ideal. <laughs> Good for them. I don't know how we got here, but I... but. But I love Erythru warm. Why? Dan doesn't know. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's how that's we got right. there. Um, oh boy, a lot of mystery. As we mentioned, though, Luke, a lot of mysteries to be resolved. I also, before we wrap up, I want to say it would be. I feel like you could do it, but it was so helpful to have read Edge Dancer before this book, because. Our yes. first introduction to, uh, what was her name? Lift. Lift. Our first introduction to Lift is her commenting on Dalinar's butt. And then, like, yeah. the, we don't hear much about her, but she seems to be important. Now we know a lot about her because we've read right. about her from Edge Dancer. And did you get the little detail of the, uh, what was that thing that was made of Kremlings? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um in one of the desolations there's two of them they found a a dead i forget the name of them yeah the sleepers or something like that something like that but yeah so there's one of them in the desolations that seemed to be dead and then one of them in one of the interludes murdered the soul caster who was trying to come on the island yes yeah and like that's I'm so glad we know what those are because it just like really makes us cooler now. Yeah. It's like the, the two things from edge dancer lift and the sleepless guys 
seem like they're very important. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Like Lyft, especially as like someone that can, I like, I think that the, the God number three has like given her some weird things that is just going to really mess with Odium. That seems like it's going to be really important. I know. Well, and Odium was like, uh, hey, Dalinar, I know I just scared you really bad, but I got to go. I got to run. Uh, sorry. Bye. And then disappears. Yeah. And then suddenly Lyft is there like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> Odium kind of ran away from Lyft. It did, it did seem like it. And and we and we're we're seeing little pockets. This this little island, mm-hmm. the one of the sleepless guys is protecting, also seems very important. I know, Luke. I know. I'm excited so, for it. I'm super excited. I'm so glad we read Edge Dancer because it just it makes this world so much cooler now. It does. Uh, and I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to to start unraveling some more of these mysteries, Luke. That's and. Right. You know, we'll be back next week with the next quarter of the book, bringing plenty of hot takes. And still being dumb nerds. Yeah.